frustration, I heard the father say two things. If the goodness of the Lord leads to repentance and love, love, love hopes. And he was showing me something. He said, you have more hope in people that you've never even seen before than you have hope in her. And I said, what? He said, you have prayed, you've fasted, you've walked, you've wore out space praying for her, but yet you have more hope in people you've never met than you have in her. What was God showing me? And I, re I repented. I don't mean I got it all right. I don't mean I got it all right that minute. I don't mean any of that. But I knew something. I called everything I did love, but it really wasn't love because it didn't have hope. It was actions. It was actions that might make a difference. It was actions that might have made her life a little easier for a while. But it really wasn't love because love hopes all things. That means love doesn't look at all the times that it went wrong and it went wrong and it went wrong and so somebody did this and it went wrong. But love looks at something different. Love expects. Love literally has an anticipation for something good because love has to hope. If faith only works through love, I know this is backwards because obviously faith is the substance of things hoped for. But if faith only works through love, then you and I have to have hope in a situation. We have to. We have to. Well, I didn't have it to begin with, but I knew enough to get before the Lord. I knew enough to, I, I, I'm looking at this wrong. I knew enough that you have a greater plan. I knew enough that the love you had is different than that. I knew enough that God, I've always wondered how Jesus could be disappointed in the disciples and not mad at them. You know why? He truly had an anticipation for good that was stronger than his disappointment. He truly had an anticipation that good was coming that was stronger than his disappointment that had just happened. There wasn't any anger there. Romans 15, verse 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace in believing. So God is the God of hope. We're not going to change that. He can fill us with all joy and all peace. We're not going to change that. But the factor is, it's only going to happen if we're believing. It's only going to happen if we're believing that we may abound in hope. So what changes how, what our hope is, what changes our hope to connect with His is this believing. Not a believing knowing it could be true but a trusting that it is true, that trusting that this is where we're going. We are going towards something, and we can truly anticipate good, and the factors aren't what somebody else is doing, what is happening in the economy. The factors are how we're connected with Him. And that's what makes the difference whether we're full of joy or we're not, or we have peace or we don't. It, it ha that's what's going to make the difference. That's the barometer. Where are we? Where are we? Proverbs chapter 13. All of you are going to know this verse. I told you there's nothing new here. Absolutely not. Verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
So that can be a physical heart. Actually, you can pray for the sick, and if they've got heart issues, most of those people, hope's not in the right place. But it can be not just your physical heart, but your heart, who you are, how you think, how you respond. You see, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When someone's impulsive, when we make big decisions quickly and they're on an impulse, See, hope never disappoints. But we as Christians, we, 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 we've, we've come along with everybody else and, and um, we're not good at waiting for things. We like instant gratification. But hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred, uh, it, it, we, we, we throw off restraint. That means that those things that we would, we, those things that um, we would normally not do, we're going to do now. Does that make does that make sense? But Holy Spirit, see when hope has its full reward, when when it's where it should be, there there's a blessing in that. When the desire comes, we 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 be, we literally become the tree of life. There's something in this. How do we become strong? How do we become so that we we literally are shading or supporting or helping other people? Where's your hope? And what are we talking about, truthfully? It, you know, it, are we building our hope in each other, or are we are we soon destroying our hope in each other? I want to back up just a little bit so you see where this verse comes because I think this is a main reason that we lose hope. Verse 10, by pride nothing but strife. We easily understand that. But verse 11, wealth gained by dishonesty will diminish. But he that gathers by labor will increase. And the next verse is hope deferred. I think God knew something. You can laugh, it's true. But I think there's a reason for that verse being one after another because I think hope is a lot of times with all of us connected with where we are financially. Whether we have hope or whether we don't. But he, he knows something. If we, if we realize that there's an, there's an expected end to this thing, there's, there's something expected coming and we have an anticipation, we're able to hold on and make some really good decisions. But when we lose hope in something, we throw off restraint and we quickly destroy what was built over time. But God's amazing, isn't he? Okay, let's talk about hope a little bit more in a little bit different place, but also very familiar. Matthew chapter 6. You see, <laughs> verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But look what's in front of it and behind it. Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry. You see, when you're worrying... Your hope is nowhere. 
You've totally lost hope. You've totally lost your position in hope. Do not worry what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear. After these things, the Gentiles seek. He's not saying, you see, what's he saying? He's saying you're not going to be thinking like a Christian. You're going to be thinking like the world. It's not so horrible to be concerned about those things, but if that's where you're dwelling on, then you're not going to be seeking first the kingdom. There isn't any way to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness if we've lost hope and we're worrying. Do not worry about tomorrow. Matthew 7, the next chapter, basically says the same thing. And, and, and everyone, verse 8, for everyone who asks, receive, and he that seeks, find, and he that knocks, it shall be open. So for every one of us that stays connected, and, and we, we, the stronghold of hope is really there, and we keep going forward and we ask. We, we don't just ask, we seek. We position ourselves in a different way than we used to. And we not only position ourselves, we know what's available, and we're not just going to sit here and wait for it. We're going to push for it. We're going we're gonna to literally push what we know God has provided because he's so good. And truthfully, he deserves to be made famous. I mean, he deserves to be known for his blessing. He deserves it. But it's not going to happen casually. But if we, who are literally bound by this hope, this hope that changes how we think, it changes how we respond, it changes what we do. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. I know what I'm thinking about you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. This isn't a one-time thing, says our Lord. I know this is Old Testament, but think about it. It's not just that he went to the cross. I know he's sitting down at the right hand of the Father, but he's still thinking about us. He's still dwelling, and in that, there's a future and a hope. It doesn't matter where the history is, there's still a future and a hope. And it's so real. Because of that future and that hope, you'll call upon me, and you'll go and you'll pray. You'll speak to me, and I'll listen to you. This camaraderie is happening, not just because I did something, but because there's a hope and a future. Not just because the cross happened, but there's a future and a hope. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. It's not going to be casual, but something great is going to happen. Luke chapter 18, I've spoke about this a lot even here at Dayspring, and I'm sorry I'm still stuck on the same parable. But the widow went before the Lord, and I, I just, you know, she didn't give up. She didn't give up at all. And she went, before, in the parable, she went before this unjust, unjust judge, and she just kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him and bugging him. And he was like, you know, he has no regard for her, for man or her, or for his God. But because of God... Being someone else than an unjust judge. Thank you, God. Verse 7. 
Let's go back to verse 1. Verse 1, sorry. Men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Verse 7. And God shall not avenge his elect who cry out day and night. He, he, you see, our God, our God, our God, our God, our God will answer them speedily. You see, our God's different. But it's not a casual position. It's about communicating and not losing heart. When we think about the lady with the issue of blood, I, I did give reference here, but I don't want to read it. But um, that lady, it, it is said that she spent all that she had. Now, I don't know if you think like I do, but it means she didn't have a dime left. Because there's not exaggeration in Scripture. But she wasn't any better. But she said she knew within herself if she would just touch his garment, if she just touch. Oh, there's something huge here, you guys. She didn't give up. But what I think is so neat about this lady was she knew that she should be well. It didn't matter that it had been 12 years. Most of us might think we should be well for the first couple, but after a while, we adjust ourselves to that way of life. And we make adjustments and we get comfortable with who we are. But she was still pursuing. She still had hope. And that hope so compelled her that she snuck in behind. And I, I just, I, I will never forget when I realized she didn't need his affirmation. She didn't need affirming from him to know she was doing the right thing. When people come in prayer lines so much of the time, they need that affirmation. But she need nothing but to connect. And she spent, you know, she'd spent everything. I, you know, she intentionally was going forward. There's something in this lady that I just love. And you all know that when she touched it, you know that she knew within herself and he knew within himself. You know the whole story. But she knew something. I want to take you to a verse that would not normally connect here at all, except several years ago, the Father brought me this verse when I was trying to figure out why we have so many sick people. You see, in James it says, if there's any sick among you, and I'm thinking, we can't get anybody together. But it says, if there's any sick among you. And then it gives protocol. That has always so bugged me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Verse 29. For he who drinks, or he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks damnation on himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30. For this reason, or for this cause, there are many weak and sick among you. How are you tying this together, Marlene, with the lady with the issue of blood? She so discerned the Lord's body. Everybody was touching him. That's what they said. Why are you asking who's touching me? Everybody's touching you. 
But she had such a hope because she discerned the Lord's body. She had a discerning of what was available. And when you and I have a discerning of what's really available, instead of getting so disappointed in the day or the season that we're in, but realizing that we're pushing towards something that's so much greater than you and I, we can have a stronghold of hope in our lives that will make us think clearly, respond right. It will change who we are. But she so knew something. She was discerning what was available. She was discerning whether they, anyone else noticed or not. There had to be people in that crowd that touched him with more strength of the touch than how she touched his garment. Does that make sense? But they weren't changed. What are we thinking about? Where are we at? The Canaanite woman out of Matthew 15. You all know the story. And she's bugging Jesus. And she so wants healing for her daughter. She so wants healing. But Jesus is basically saying it's not your time yet. Because, you know, it's to go to Jew and then Gentile. And she literally says to him, (laughs) as he answers, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Verse 27, she said, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She discerned that. It, It might not be, but I don't need the whole thing. I don't need everything. I just need a crumb, and it will change my diet. It will change. I just need a crumb. She was the only one acting like that. So much so they tried to get her to stop. But she knew something. She had a hope in something that they weren't connecting with. And they could have had it too. You see, I believe there's so much here. There's so much here. Jesus answered and said to the woman in verse 28, Oh Lord. A woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. Let it be done to you as you desire. Let it be done to you as you desire. You see, I think if we keep pushing through, we're going to see things. And I don't mean all things are hard. That isn't what I'm trying to say. I'm saying so much of the time I think we quit right before the breakthrough. I don't think that it has to be all that hard. I just think that we, we need to stop quitting and not fainting. Just like David said, he would have fainted if he hadn't believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He would have quit. He would have stopped if he hadn't believed. Not because his father God wasn't good. Because he didn't have the endurance and he wouldn't have had the endurance that he needed if he hadn't been believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, gird up your loins of your mind. This is about how we think. Be sober and rest in, in hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. Okay, the more we know, the more he speaks to us. Have you ever been at a place? I get like this all the time. This is why Debbie always tells me, go dump the trash. It's not a joke. Because I won't know what to do and I'll I'll be stuck. Does that make sense? I won't know what the next step is. 
But all you have to do is hear from the Lord just a second, just to know what the next step is. And what is he saying here in 1 Peter 13? All you have to know is a little portion of the grace that is brought to you by the revelation of Jesus. If you have just a little revelation, might not be always at the cross. That revelation might be, he says, you can hear his word on it. And he says, do this next. And then this will, and you're like, oh, why didn't I think of that? But that's all you need to keep going in the right direction and not totally fall apart and lose the day. Does that make sense? That's all we need, but are we staying connected? Are we doing it? Are we, are we staying where we need to? Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 5. I don't know where to start. Verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus through whom we also have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope and glory of God. Oh, Jesus. Going down to verse 5. And now hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God is spread, it has been poured out in our hearts. I wanted to say spread out in our hearts. But the love of God is so much in our heart that it changes. It will, it will nev you'll never be disappointed if you hope. Your plan might change. What you think is going to happen might not happen. I know, faith people think that's an awful thing to say. But if you're in a walk, in a journey with God, if you keep your mind and, and keep stead, steadfast in the hope of Him, every season has blessing in it. Everything you're going in has blessing in it. And it restores you and it keeps going. And when God says that He uses all things, don't you think He uses even those things? That's how He does it. But will he still find us? Will he still find us in that place? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit. Very familiar place again, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30. Even the youth shall faint. And be weary. In other words, it doesn't have anything to do with physical ability here. It has to do with your heart. And the young man shall ultimately fall. But those that wait upon the Lord, those that wait upon the Lord, those that wait upon the Lord, I didn't know this till this week. Guess what New International says? But those that hope in the Lord, I always knew that waiting wasn't just an idle position, that you were like a waitress, but there, there's something else in this. And those that hope in the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. See, it doesn't have anything to do with your physical strength as youth, because if it, it did, it wouldn't say in the verse before that, even the youth shall faint. You see, it has to do with our internal who we are as a person and where our hope is how many times do we do things and we've truly lost hope but we're just doing it out of out of obedience you know oh I need to do that I started to say obedience but obedience really isn't real obedience if I have a grudge while I'm doing it 
But you see, it changes the longevity of, of how we're waiting. It changes how we're waiting. It changes what we think about. It changes who we are. It changes who we are. We have nine minutes left. I'm going to skip some of this because I want to get to the last part. Oh, Jesus. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. Blessed is the man that trusts. You see, we can't, we, we, we're not trusting if we don't really have hope. If we've given up hope and we, we're just waiting for something to happen, then we're truly not trusting. Hebrews chapter 11 talks about faith, and you all know the stories. You know, you know what faith is. Faith, faith is a substance, so it's an actual substance that can be proven. It's a substance of the things hoped for. But what I want to talk to you about or what I want to mention is something that I realized several years ago, and it so blessed my life. You see, Abraham and, and Sarah, I can't imagine being... A hundred years old, basically, and still growing in the Lord like this. Oh, I just think it's so amazing. But you see, something happened with the two of them. And they had a word from the Lord, and they gave up on it. They had a word, and they knew it was God, but they couldn't wait any longer. No, you know, they just, they, 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 they started, they tried to do it themselves. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I don't, in the last three months, I guess, I've been praying for some people in a situation, and I've realized that we, I have some good friends that are, um, they've given up on a word that they know God gave them. Does that make sense? And they're trying to make it happen themselves. And we can easily do that. That's not, that, that's, it's not as hard as you think. And they're trying to make it happen themselves. And, and I've been interceding and praying and trying to say something without saying something. Because that doesn't probably work, but that's what I've been trying to do. Because I, I remember thinking many years ago when we get involved trying to make something happen and it's God's word and we get involved, we, we create messes. But when God was speaking to me about it several years ago, he said, you create Ishmael's. You create issues that is still going to have to be dealt with later, even though God's promise is still true. There's still this thing that you did because you got in the flesh and you tried to make God's word happen. Does that make sense? But Abraham and Sarah did that, but there was still redemption. And in that redemption, this is the part that I love. When it says about Abraham that he believed God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Well, you can look this up. I don't have time to go through it, but I learned something. It literally means, when you look it up, that he did become a more righteous man. It wasn't that he, 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 he was just strong-willed and, oh yeah, it's going to happen. No, it literally means when you, you're in hope and you're believing God and, and, and you, throw, you don't throw off restraint, your character grows too. So this is what I said a few years ago and I still believe it. It means that 98 
he, his character was better than it was at 97. Who he was as a person grew as his faith was growing in God. And it says that he didn't even take into consideration the age of his wife's body. That was no longer even in the circumstances in his mind anymore. It was just the word of God and who he was and, and who he became. And I always thought when it said it counted it as righteousness, it means, oh, God just was gracious and said, oh, you believed well, Abraham, so I can. No, that isn't what it means. It means he was a, he was a different human being. And he grew in that as his faith grew, as he grew in hope. And it says, he literally, he, it literally says about Abraham that he pushed against. So in other words, when every, all the tide was coming against him, he actually pushed into it and kept growing. Wow. Well, see, people like you and me, when we have strongholds of hope, it means when things are pushing against us, we still hear the voice of God. And we know he has even a greater plan. And in that greater plan, something amazing is going to happen. And it's not, it's not just for me, myself, but because God literally gets glorified and, and we can say gets made famous through it. Does that make sense? There's something that happens on the earth that is so amazing. And I don't know if you agree with me that, on this or not, but we've all known, or I assume we all know, that, you know, the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And I've always been somewhat um, curious or somewhat stuck. I don't know why people aren't pushing through for the kingdom. And when I was studying for this, I realized something. It has to do with the lack of hope because the kingdom is available but the kingdom is only found by those that hunt for it he hid the kingdom for us did he not he hid the treasure for us and it has to be done by people that have hope enough to dig out the treasure he's real I'm going to ask all of you to stand I want the, the prayer people to come on up front because Richard had a word tonight, today um, that he shared before service. And Richard is believing that almost everybody in here needs to get prayer today. So I said, if we're going to do that, Richard, then you've got to come up and help us pray. So before we do that, I want to give an altar call. And in this altar call... Whether you've given your heart to the Lord or you haven't given your heart to the Lord or even more importantly, if you've partly given your heart to the Lord. I ask for you to realize why our hope has been in the wrong place. So while these people are up here waiting... Let's all pray before we come forward.
everybody in the room, just everybody. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Everybody in the room, pray this. Father, I give you myself. I surrender. Use me. And I choose to hope in you and your kingdom on the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, whether you need healing, whether you need hope again, whatever you need from the Lord, just come and meet these people. Because Richard's word was, and I believe it, that it's a time for impartation to everybody that comes. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just ask the elders, if elders are here as well, if you would just come up and join these teams. I, I, I think this is, a, this is a now word. Um, and just whoever right now, whoever right now is feeling this, just, just come up and we're going to work to get somebody with you quickly. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You guys want to come up? Nate Michael, you want to come up? pray. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Rebecca, Sergeet, would you guys come down here and just uh, join the prayer line here? Thank you, God. Francisco, Jamie, come on up. Just come over here. We want to, we want just prayer warriors spread right across this room. So if you're waiting in line, Francisco and Jamie over here, Becca Sergita over there. Holy Spirit, thank you. Yeah, come on down. We've got uh, more prayer teams over here. If you're not with someone, go find someone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Jack and Sandy, come on down. Come over here on the edge. We've got a, a group waiting over here as well. So, Holy Spirit, Diana. If you guys need to get your kids, if you could just quietly do that, and please uh, feel free to bring your kids back in here, and they don't have to be quiet when they come back in, because they can, this is all part of God's kingdom, so just bring them up here if they need prayer as well. Thank you, Jesus.